welcome to General Conference Conversations, where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of Christ's chosen leaders. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations. We are starting the Saturday afternoon session today, which is very, very exciting. Um, this, this is the first talk of the session, but not the first thing. Before this in the session, um, President Iring did the Sustaining of General Authorities, Area 70s, and other general officers, but I figured we probably didn't need to run through the list of all of the names that he, he, he read off. Um, because there wouldn't be a whole lot for me to say about it. Um, but if you're interested, that's also a thing that you can, can look through to see who you sustained in conference. Um, but the first talk is by President Ballard. Um, and I'm super excited to talk about this. It's really one big testimony and um, I don't, I don't think I realized that until I, I reread it. And it really is a very, very simple, very beautiful, very powerful testimony that he gives. Um, and before I start, of course, I always, as always, I encourage you to listen to or read the talk before you come, before you come listen to me ramble on about it. Um, it's follow Jesus Christ with faith, footsteps of faith, uh, by President Ballard. Um, and he starts by talking about the song the choir sang right before his talk, um, Faith in Every Footstep, which is a beautiful song. I love this song. Uh, I feel like we don't... We don't sing it very often. Um, it's not like in our hymn books or anything, but it is a really beautiful song. And so he talks about its kind of origins, that it was written uh, in preparation for the celebration of the 150th anniversary of the arrival of the early pioneers to Salt Lake Valley in 1847. So 150 years later, they were preparing a celebration for the 150th anniversary and this song was written in preparation for that uh, celebration of pioneers. And <clears throat> and then he says this, sorry. He says, brothers and sisters, I testify that as we follow Jesus Christ with footsteps of faith, there is hope. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is hope for all in this life. There is hope to overcome our mistakes, our sorrows, our struggles, and our trials and our troubles. There is hope in repentance and being forgiven and in forgiving others. I testify that there is hope and peace in Christ. He can carry us through today, through difficult times. He did it for the early pioneers and he will do it now for each one of us. And that kind of ends up being the theme for his 
gospel talk is um, pioneers and faith and the power of faith in Christ. Um, and he talks about that this year was the 175th anniversary of the arrivals of the pioneers into Salt Lake Valley. Um, and he talks about some of his ancestors who walked the plains from Nauvoo to Salt Lake. Um, and he has footnotes to some books and articles and even one of them um, because he's related to Joseph F. Smith, Hiram Smith's son, um, who was prophet. Um, his teachings of the presence of the church, um, right? Yeah, teachings of presence of the church, Joseph F. Smith. Um, so he has a footnote for that as well if you're curious about some of his ancestors and some of their stories. Um, and then he goes on to talk about what a pioneer is, that it's both a noun and a verb, that when it's a noun is a person, um, is among the first to explore, settle new territory, and as a verb, it can mean to open or prepare the way for others to follow. And I really love the concept of, I love this concept of pioneer because I feel like when we talk about, or when we talk about pioneers, um, we're often talking about the pioneers, right? The ones that are 175 years ago, 200 years ago, about Joseph Smith's time and those that walked across the plains um, very physically were pioneers into new territories and things like that. And as I got older, that's how I thought about it as a child, as a kid as well. Um, that's usually what we refer to when we talk about pioneers. But as I got older, you know, I started to realize what being a pioneer really meant. Um, and that we're not the only ones that use that term, obviously, duh. Um, but, you know, we talk about that with settling the West of the United States, settling any new territory, we call them pioneers. We also have, you know, pioneers in the fields of science and physics and, you know, pioneers in that way that they're, they're pioneering the way towards new things and new discoveries. Um, and I think I was a 13 or 14, I was a youth, when my branch president was teaching our youth Sunday school, I believe, and he was talking about pioneers. And it hit me, um, but I had pioneers in my family, um, both in the way that we always talk about it and in the way that we don't always talk about it. Um, my mom comes from pioneer stock, um, her family, her ancestors were some of the first that were baptized in Liverpool in England and then they crossed the oceans and settled a lot of they settled some of Nauvoo and they settled some of Salt Lake Valley uh, Morgan County specifically and I think on both my, my grandma and my grandpa's side I think both um, 
were from like some of the first that were ever baptized. My dad was the first to join the church in his family that we know of anyway, right? Um, but as far as we know, none of his ancestors were members of the church. They were pioneers in their own way. Um, we can, I can trace my ancestry back to like Jamestown and the Virginia colonies, Massachusetts Bay Colony, which is really trippy to see on a family, on my family tree that they were like born in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Um, it's really interesting. But my dad himself was a pioneer in the fact, in the fact of joining the church um, and marrying my mom and having us. And, um, and so I come from two very interesting pioneer heritages. And then as a missionary, pioneer took on a very different tone for me. Um, as I've mentioned before, I served during the pandemic. Um, I was in the field for about a year. Been just shy of a year when all of the COVID craziness hit. Um, all of it started to be like the middle of March and my one year mark was April 6th. So 11 months, <clears throat> just shy of my year mark. And so my first whole year was pretty traditional missionary work. Um, I served in a place with a lot of members. Uh, so we didn't do a whole lot of tracting, although I did do some tracting. Um, <clears throat> but we did, we went out and talked to people. We would walk around and we would talk to people and knock on people's doors, um, specifically people that, you know, past missionaries had already talked to. And, but it was all face to face. It was all, you know, the missionary work that had been missionary work for about 200 years. And then the pandemic happened. <clears throat> and we, so we had about half of our mission went home. Uh, most of them with pre-existing health conditions, either like diabetes or asthma, things like that. And the rest of us were left to try to figure out how to do missionary work without being able to go outside. So my companion went home, she had asthma, and I got a brand new missionary from the MTC, um, who also of course was expecting to do very normal missionary work. And the night I picked her up from the mission office um, and we was driving home, she was like, well, what are we doing tomorrow? And I was like, I have no idea. Like we have meetings, I think we have meetings, and then I don't know. I don't know what our I don't know what our day is gonna look like. And she's like, well, well, who are we teaching? Like all this stuff, and I was like, we have a couple people, but we haven't been in contact with them because of all the crazy COVID stuff. So it's gonna be a lot of getting back into contact with people, and also we're not really teaching anybody right now. And I just couldn't give her really any, like anything and I felt so bad because I was like she is so excited she was she had fire under her butt and she wanted to just tell everybody about the gospel and I was like I don't know how to help you I am like on the verge of anxiety attacks daily basically and so the next couple of transfers uh, that we were together 
a lot happened, a lot changed, we learned a lot, a lot more direction came from Salt Lake and from our mission president, um, things like that, that that the missionary department wanted us to do and try. A lot of it was online. A lot of it was um, messaging people on Facebook or posting in groups and helping run the Facebook page uh, for our mission. And a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of Zoom lessons, a lot of member, a lot of member work, um, which I loved but was very different. Um, and there was one particular day, we had just had, so I was an STL. I say that, sorry. So this was later in my mission. This was after my kid, <laughs> my brand new missionary, after I was, I was transferred out of that area and I had one transfer of kind of relative relaxation. Like I wasn't training, I I wasn't a sister training leader. I was just, I was just a normal missionary and I was living with somebody that I really loved, with a, mission, with a member that I really loved and my companion and I got along really well. And, um, and then I was called to be a sister training leader in STL. Um, which basically just meant that I was assigned to um, other sisters in the mission to help take care of them and you know make sure they were doing okay. Um, we also went on splits with them on uh, exchanges, so we would trade companions for 24 hours. Well, at the time we were doing like half day exchanges. <laughs> I did get two whole one day exchanges. Um, when they actually allowed us to start doing that. But anyway, so I got a new companion and we were both called as STLs. And after, I can't remember if it was our first transfer or second transfer together, um, our zone leaders who I adored were also our social media experts. They were called as social media, remember the exact like term they get that they got but they were the social media people and so they were the ones having lots of meetings with our mission president and with representatives from the mission department in Salt Lake um, getting direction from them about how to run our mission page and um, do missionary work online this is a very long story but I promise that's point so we had a meeting with them. It was right after MLC, which was the mission leader. Mission leaders, MLC. Why can't I think of what that's that means? Anyway, it was a big, once a, once a transfer every six weeks, all of the mission, the leadership in the mission. So all STLs, district leaders, zone leaders or maybe it was just STLs and zone leaders. It's been way too long and it doesn't really matter. Anyway, one big meeting, president would train us um, and then we would pass on those trainings to our people that we were assigned to. So after MLC, this transfer, our um, zone leaders, and because they were, the, I mean, they were our zone leaders, we met with them and the district leaders 
in our zone for a meeting to kind of debrief and pass on some, some of the trainings and talk about what had been talked about. And our zone leaders, um, because they were also social media experts, were really, really um, pushing Facebook hard. And it was really hard for me at this point because I think it was my last transfer, my second to last transfer. I only have two months left. And I just didn't really see the point in it. Um, not missionary work because I wanted to I wanted to work hard until my last day and like get all the way through. But all the social media stuff just felt so it just felt so like repetitive and redundant and it wasn't doing anything. It felt just icky and weird and like I was like I'm gonna home in two two months I'm you know friend requesting all these people that I don't actually know so they might see my post at some point and ask me questions and you know I'm gonna go home in two months and I'm not gonna see the the I don't want to say I'm not gonna see the difference that I make because I, I didn't know. I was like, if, if I make any difference, I won't see it. I'll be gone. I'll be home. And I just, it was just feeling really not worth it to me. And it was so hard. <clears throat> and then our zone leader, who I absolutely, I loved, both of them were so amazing. And one of them, uh, he talked about uh, something in his patriarchal blessing and about social media and like all this stuff and then he he looked at us and he's like you guys are pioneers we are pioneers we are pioneering a new way to do missionary work and i was like well okay and he bore the most beautiful testimony and he said and it was exactly what i needed here of course he said something along the lines of, you know, when the pioneers crossed the plains, not everybody made it to Salt Lake. There were a lot of people who died along the way and never got to see the Salt Lake Valley. They never got to see the fruit of their labors. Joseph Smith never got to see the fruits of his labors. And that hit me really, really hard. And I was like, well, okay then. <laughs> and I was like, I am not gonna see the fruits of my life. I'm not gonna make it to Salt Lake Valley, metaphorically, right? I'm going home in two months. Whatever missionary work looks like in two years now, what missionary work looks like now is very different than it looked like two years ago when I got home. <clears throat> but I also felt testified by the spirit um, that I was making a difference, that I was, I was troubleshooting my way through it. And that's what the Lord needed me to do. I, he needed me to be flexible and he needed me to keep people's spirits up and just try new things and be weirded out by it. And if it didn't work, it didn't work and move on. And that I think all mission and President Ballard actually says this um, 
he talks about Joseph Smith and he talks about um, so many things and then he talks about missionaries and he talks he tells them he calls them modern day pioneers because they share the message of the gospel with people who have never heard it before and so you know I had that feeling and I knew that about my fellow missionaries that we were all being pioneers no matter if it was a pandemic or not but in that moment specifically especially we were doing new things we were doing things that nobody had ever done before and it was terrifying and frustrating and it didn't feel like we were doing anything it didn't feel like we were making a difference but we were and so I love that got really off topic but I, I love thinking about pioneers in different ways um, and in ways that that we don't always talk we always talk about we, always, we kind of always talk about pioneers in a physical way in a very literal they walked across the plains way um, but we rarely talk about the the ways that me as as a member of a church I've been a member of the church my whole life can be a pioneer I moved to Canada that is a physical thing so like that is that's a thing but I'm a pioneer in my family because I moved to Canada to marry my husband we're pioneers in the fact that we're living in a city where neither of our families have ever lived. That's not true. His, some of his family is here, but anyway. But like the things that we're doing are different than anybody before us. And that's okay. Like that's good. That's, we're pioneers in our lives. We're pioneers in our own ways. And there's this, he, there's this kind of long quote, but I really, really um, love it. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because it's so good. Um, he says, "My great great grandparents and other early pioneers faced many obstacles as they came by wagons, handcarts, and walking to the Salt Lake Valley. We too will face challenges in our individual journeys through our lives. We are not pushing handcarts or driving covered wagons over steep mountains and through deep snowdrifts. We are trying, as they did, to spiritually overcome the temptations and challenges of our day." We have trails to we have trails to walk, we have hills and sometimes mountains to climb. Although the trials today are different than those of the early pioneers, they are no less challenging for us. And I I feel like we often compare ourselves to the pioneers. Um which is great. Like we can we honor their legacy and the things that they did for us um but i don't always think and i think we sometimes are like well you know obviously our trials are different we're like he said we're not walking <laughs> we're not walking across the plains we're not dragging hand carts through snow we're not losing feet to frostbite um but we are overcoming our own challenges the challenges that are unique to our lives um physical mental, spiritual, emotional, everything, right? Everything that's going on in our world right now. We are pioneers in that way. Um, we all are. 
and I don't always think, I think we don't always say that. I think sometimes we're like, oh, the pioneers, we can be like the pioneers. And we don't always call ourselves pioneers, but we are. We are pioneers every single day of our lives. Um, so that was my once. My first question I wanted to ask is how are you a pioneer in your life? Um, and it might be hard at first to figure out how you're a pioneer. But just think about things that you've done that nobody else has ever done in your family or the people around you have never done. Um, maybe you're a convert to the church. Maybe you've been a church member your whole life. Um, but I don't know, you do something different. You have started new traditions or um, there's a lot of ways. So I'm trying to say there's a lot of ways to be a pioneer. Um, there's one more quote. This is a, actually a quote from President Nelson. He talks about President Nelson being a pioneer in the church, um, traveling to a lot of people, a lot of different places, opening a lot of countries for preaching the gospel. And then he said, he says, in a devotional for young adults, President Nelson said, I plead with you to take charge of your testimony, work for it, own it, care for it, nurture it so it will grow, then watch for miracles to happen in your own life. And he relates that back to him being a pioneer, that he is teaching us how to become spiritually self-reliant. Um, and of course, he's done many things as a prophet that no other prophet did, just as President Monson did many things as a prophet that no other prophet did, and President Hinckley before him. They all lived in different times with different trials going on in the world and different backgrounds and different everything, right? Different experiences. And so they've pioneered in different ways. But I really love that. I plead with you to take charge of your testimony. Work for it, own it, care for it, nurture it so that it will grow. That's my second question for you. How can you take charge of your testimony? I think, and I feel like we've, we've gotten better at talking about it like this, um, that we have control over our testimonies, that we get to work on them and, and get them for ourselves. And as President Bauer said, become spiritually self-reliant. Uh, my dad always talked about what drew him to the church when he joined was Joseph Smith having to do the work that it wasn't just handed to him he had to do the work he had to put in the work spiritually physically emotionally to bring about the restoration of the gospel and if you knew my father that would not surprise you in the least because he's one of the hardest workers i have ever met and that's why i get my my work ethic from him um, 
But that's also something that I love about the gospel, that you have to work for it. That, you know, you can... Mooch is not the right word. You can lean on other people's testimonies and draw from their experiences, but the true joy and true conversion come from finding it for yourself. And that takes work and it's hard and it's scary. Being a missionary was hard and scary and it took work. And it took work to even enjoy, like even have the thought that I would enjoy online missionary work. Um, there were still days that I was like, oh, I just want to go out and knock a door. <laughs> I just want to knock on a door and have somebody reject me. It'll be so much easier than messaging random people on Facebook. Um, but through all of it over time, I gained a testimony of online missionary work and the role that it plays now and will play in the future um, and of the way that the Lord prepared us for that, prepared us for online missionary work, prepared the world, missionaries, um, mission department, the prophet, some pretty cool stories and pretty cool experiences I had with that and it took my own effort and work to, to gain that testimony. Anyway, um, that's kind of all I've got for you. So, questions. How are you a pioneer in your life? And how can you take charge of your testimony? Um, how can you build and grow your testimony? Um, the further reading, reading, there weren't a whole lot of things. Um, but like I, I pointed out earlier, um, Excuse me. There's a couple of footnotes. Footnote three, four, and five are there's one. There's like an article. There's reference to a book, and then there's the teachings of the prophets about present Ballard's ancestors who crossed the plains. If you're curious about some of his ancestors. Um, the only other one, the only other things that I was going to point out is, well, they talk about one of President Nelson's talks from last conference, preaching the gospel of peace. We talked about missionary work, um, which if you're curious and, you know, want to, I have an episode on that from last time um and then he also references his talk from last conference as well about missionary work i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head um yeah and then that last quote that i read from you is from a worldwide devotional for young adults from May of this year called Choices for Eternity and they have a link to it uh, in the footnote broadcasts.churchofjesuschrist.org if you're curious about that as well. 
So I am grateful for the pioneers in my life. I'm grateful for the choices that they made to get me to where I am. Even though life's hard and I wish things were different sometimes, um, I know that this is where I'm meant to be. And a lot had to happen for me to get here. And I hope that you will have a bit of renewed faith in your footsteps after listening to this. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to and or watching this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to like and follow and share us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like the show, please subscribe or leave a review and tell your friends and family. Also, a quick reminder that there is a physical study guide to go along with these videos. Uh, you can find that link in the description. Until next time.